You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That ain't that what we're supposed to do. It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world. But I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. Anybody know who Willie Lynch was? Anybody? Raise your hand. He was a vicious slave owner in the West Indies. The slave masters in the colony of Virginia were having trouble controlling their slaves, so they sent for Mr. Lynch to teach them his methods. Keep the slave physically strong, but psychologically weak and dependent on the slave master. Keep the body, take the mind. I and every other professor on this campus are here to help you to find, take back, and keep your righteous mind. I believe in strong community. And I believe in the power of people to make that happen. But somebody's got to give entrepreneurs the support that they need in order to, to realize their potential. You know, it, it's no different than an athlete. Like, I, I have teams that I, uh, that I sponsor every summer, basketball teams. And a kid comes through the door, they got raw talent. Somebody's got to develop that raw talent. Somebody's got to show them the fundamentals of the game. Somebody's got to show them the proper nutritional regimen. Somebody's got to show them, you know, how to get bigger, faster, stronger. It's the same thing with an entrepreneur. So when they show up at my doorstep, some of them, they, they may be at a half a million, two million. Some of them are just starting. Some of them been in the game for a minute. They work a job, and maybe they got a business that might generate 50 grand on the side, and they're ready to take it to the next level. And we're able to say, okay, give me your vision. And then we give them all of the pieces of the puzzle. Not, not some fragmented, blurry. We give them all of the pieces of the puzzle so that they can move forward and, and be successful. So that's really what our, I guess, um, legacy, I hope our legacy will be. And that's, that's what I want our brand story to be. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with co-host Amber Page, and welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of intelligent radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope of the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Quite a little longer intro than usual, but this is also the a.k.a. Terry Simmons Show. <laughs> Got this brother back in the pocket, back in the saddle with us again. Amber, thank you, Queen, for being with us. I think this is your first introduction to Terry, but I often bring him on the show along with Justin Hempstead just to throw out who our guests are this morning. But, Amber, if you will, say hello to the truth seekers out there as well as hello to our guests as I bring you up live. I'm trying to produce, talk, and do this thing. I think I got you live, Queen, here in a split second. So, again, if you will, say hello to everyone. Thanks for being with me, Queen. Good morning, Montoya and our guests. It's a pleasure being here with you today. Nah, absolutely. And so, Terry, again, this is the AKA Terry Simmons Show this morning. So I'm going to go ahead and get you introducing this thing. King, thank you again for making the time in your busy schedule to be with us for this morning's discussion question. Go ahead and let the cat out the bag. How to properly structure your business for long-term success. So, again, if you will, say hello to everyone, King. Give a little bit of your background, and we'll uh, get this thing started after I introduce Justin. Go ahead, King. 
No, I appreciate that introduction. Look, I'm gonna make you laugh. I, it took me about ten seconds to realize that that was uh that was my voiceover in the <laughs> in the intro. I was like I was like that dude sounds familiar. <laughs> I'm like hold up, that's me. <laughs> but no, man, I, I I appreciate uh you know the invitation as always, and you know I always lead out by saying that you know my my frustration with mainstream media is radio, excuse me, is through the roof, and you know your platform. Is giving people information that's really nourishing them uh, politically, socially, and economically, and uh, it's much needed. So anytime I can make time, uh, I'm committed to doing that. But, uh, again, my name is Terry Simmons. I'm the owner of T. Simmons & Company, which is a, a Baton Rouge-based uh, organizational design, brand development, and workforce development firm. Uh, basically what that means is we work with businesses of all sizes, uh, from your boutique salon to Fortune 500 companies, and we help them to build compelling brands, uh, scalable systems, and we also make sure that they have the uh, human capital, the talent uh, that they need in order to grow their companies. Uh, so just happy to be here this morning, brother. Nah, absolutely, and without further ado, this is my longtime go-to person, Justin Hempstead, when it comes to this business thing. Uh, I've been relying on you for quite some time, brother, and most people in the audience have heard me say I like to bring people on the show who are a little smarter than myself based on the subject matter in this situation, um, you are that person. Again, um, seeing you help plenty of people, but if you will, Justin, uh, say hello to the truth seekers out there listening. Again, introducing you. I think this is your first time um, being on with Terry, if you will, but again, just say hello, give people your background, and we're going to get started with this morning's discussion question. All right. Good morning, good people. Uh, this is Justin Hempstead. <laughs> Excuse me, I, I, I laughed a little bit at Montoya saying that I'm I'm a little smarter, but you know I, I continuously try to learn and educate myself on subject matter. I am a tax accountant and um, I help small businesses maintain their wealth, you know, by not giving it to the government. Uh, I also have a nonprofit, uh, Flight Academy, where I teach um, youth about how to manage their finances. Uh, what do they need to do now as teenagers so that they can uh, enjoy the, fruit, the fruits of their labor and not necessarily have to have to work as hard as their parents? They can own the company. You know, they can, they can own the assets that pay them for the rest of their lives, starting now at 14 and 15 years old. You know, a lot of people don't teach their children that, but um, I've had a nonprofit for about, five years now, you know, thanks to Montoya, he actually gave me a larger platform of people to um, to actually impact in, in the greater Atlanta area, but uh, we, we're looking at taking it, taking it a bit further now with, you know, the pandemic in place, things are, I'm able to do it virtually now, so uh, if you want to check me out on that flight academy, um, that's squarespace.com. Um, but we'll, we'll get into all that a little later. No, absolutely. I remember when I dubbed Justin to come help the adults, and he was like, well, I'm used to teaching children. I was like, the adults don't know any more than the children do, so start there, brother. And so, uh, again, this is a go-to guy uh, I use when it comes to this entrepreneurship game. Uh, this conversation uh, this morning, obviously, uh, we're talking about entrepreneurship, talking about infrastructure, talking about those things, but it would be hard-pressed not to get some seeds if you're out there listening trying to get some. 
Um, there will be some seeds planted this morning in order to uh, improve yourself. At least that is the goal and the hope anytime I bring on um, kings like this. So this morning's discussion question, just to get started, how to properly structure your business for long-term success. Uh, just to throw it out there, somebody has a little something in the background, so if you think it might be you, consider muting and muting, muting in and out um, just to kind of cut back on some of the background sound. Um, but with that said, Amber, Queen, we always start with you. Uh, pretty simple way that we start. It's just when you saw this morning's discussion question, how to properly structure your business for long-term success. Um, if you will, you recall your first initial thought uh, in reference to that question. Uh, yes, so my first thought was let me dust off my business plans. Let me pull them out of the safe so that I can make sure I have everything set up properly. So that was my first thought. Um, it was how can I learn today? Now, I love it. So you got your notepad ready to go. Well, again, you are sitting at the feet of two brilliant teachers. Uh, Terry, you know, I reached out to you again. You always make yourself available. Um, you know, we're really in your wheelhouse when it comes to this type of stuff. Um, but when I said, hey, this is the show I want to do, um, can you recall? I think it's been a few weeks we were trying to catch each other, but I don't know if you recall. Um, but just your initial thought, not too in-depth, but just the initial thought to say, hey, we want to go specifically on in this area. Um, can you recall uh, your first thought other than the excitement to do what you already do? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, my first thought is um, that there's a statistic that always jumps out at me. Um, there's uh, roughly 2.6 million uh, black or African-American-owned businesses in this country. And obviously we're focusing on uh, black-owned businesses because, you know, your audience is predominantly black. But, you know, these, these principles that we're going to share are applicable to any business. Uh, but out of the 2.6 million African-American-owned businesses, we only have 109,000 that have paid employees. So that's only 4.2% of all of the 2.6 million businesses that we, we own. Only four, less than 5%, 4.2% have paid employees. Now, a lot of people may say, well, what if I just want to be self-employed? And that's fine for individuals, but collectively as a community, we cannot have a small business community that only employs you know, only 4.2% of our small businesses uh, are, you know, em employer uh, firms or, or businesses. It's, it's, it's creating a fragmented economic base. Uh, it's diluting our political and social leverage. And, uh, you know, it, it's something that we have to address. We have to have businesses that have the capacity to employ Absolutely. people. No, absolutely. That's a great, great. We'll put a little pin in it right there. We're going to go to our first break and get started hot and heavy with this morning's discussion question, how to properly structure your business for long-term success. We'll be right back. Well, all I ask is that you think. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. Big Tits Media Group is a full-service design agency with tools available to help clients communicate with audiences through visual and digital media. So what exactly does that mean? 
You need graphic design? Call Big Sis Media. You need web design? Call Big Sis Media. You need audio or video production? Call Big Sis Media. You need a branded strategy for your business? Call Big Sis Media. Damn, they do everything, don't they? Nope, even better. They're professionals. Whatever service you need, they do a consultation, send over a contract with a deadline, and meet that deadline. A true one-stop shop for all your digital and media needs, all at an affordable price. What's their website and phone number? BigSysMediaGroup.com 404-465-4348 Again, that's BigSysMediaGroup.com Call them at 404-465-4348 that everybody's avoiding is the reason why so many businesses are suffering right now through the pandemic. They can't access the PPE programs or a lot of the grants because they doing the business, they just not set up right to access the capital. I was having a conversation with a client and friend of mine earlier this week. Uh, I'll be putting that interview out soon and you know, she was running it about the same thing. I think she said she contacted like 15 of her friends that she knew that was entrepreneurs and maybe three of them felt comfortable even going after those resources because it's like, all right, where your P&L, where your balance sheet, you know what I'm saying, you know, where your payroll records, you know, and so this is just what it is, like, you know, that's that's not what everybody wants to hear, that's not what's going to be most popular on social media, but I promise you, that's really where the rubber meets the road. They got companies that ain't even good at what they do, but they good at foundational stuff, legal stuff, they're good at process, project management, they're good at building relationships, they're good at responding to RFPs, they're good at responding to RFQs, they're good at all of that. They might be mediocre at their product or service, but they they monsters at the stuff that matters, so, you know, that's just what it is. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with co-host Amber Page, as we hear another cut from, again, this is the a.k.a. Terry Simmons Show this morning. Uh, Justin, I didn't get a chance to ask you um, the initial question prior to the break, but I'm going to switch it up just because it's a conversation you and I had in in preparation for this show, and I think it relates to to the cut, um, somewhat to the cut that we just heard, again, from um, Terry Simmons, our, our other guest on this morning's show. Uh, but it was just when we were talking about it and you mentioned to me, and I said, hey, I want to bring you on this show. And you were saying, you know, as a tax accountant, you were talking about how many entrepreneurs you meet who are, as Terry just alluded to that, you know, somewhat unfortunate stat that only 4% of our black-owned businesses have, in a sense, employees. But a lot of the other 96%, if you will, uh, that uh, basically are solo entrepreneurs, if you will, and you just mentioned to me how many of them are set up as, for example, LLCs, and it's not necessarily to the best tax benefits. At least that's how I understood it. Um, but if you will, I think this is just a nice place to get started on this morning's discussion, how to structure your business for long-term success. Go ahead, King. Well, you know, as you, as you stated, a lot of a lot of people, when they think of, uh, I want to be a business owner, I want to start my own business, they go out and they get their business license. You know, they they file the necessary paperwork with the um, Secretary of State, and they pay their $150, $175 fee, and they feel they're done. You know, that's all they need to take into consideration. However, um, me having a little bit more time in the game, as I'll say, I, I tend to see that a lot of people don't understand the business structure 
of what they need to put in place in order not to give basically own a you're basically owning a job when people they start their businesses a lot of them they do sole proprietorships a sole proprietorship is the worst thing that you can do because you're going to be ta- you're going to be double taxed basically you're paying um, an employee tax and an employer tax you know 40% even of your income going away you know you can just rate that off top that that is not what you want to do when you're going into business you want to talk to somebody who has expertise and you know the LLC yes the LLC is a great entity but if you don't know how to set it up correctly as far as it has it gives you the flexibility but if you don't know how to set it up you know you'll be taxed as a sole proprietor even though you're an LLC you'll be a single member LLC as a sole, which is the same thing as a sole proprietor so when you when you go into an LLC you want to look at the different entity structures that they have available. One would be a C corporation right now um, with the new tax laws that took place back in 2018. A C corp is taxed at 21%. That's straight tax rate, 21%. A lot of people that make that make money, they pay a little bit more than 21% of their income uh, in taxes, unless you, you know, if you're, if you're on if you're on government assistance. And that's a little different, but we're talking about business owners, you know, and if you're a sole proprietor, you're paying, again, like I said, almost 40% in income tax, whereas if you're a LLC and you choose to be taxed with the C-Corp, you're spending 21%. Now, it does have consequences that come along with that, but I won't jump into all of that right now, but there's also the S-Corporation. The S-Corporation, you're not double taxed. C corporation, you are double taxed. There's a lot of different different things that go that play into that. Nah, that's beautiful. Just to even throw those things out because, as I told you when you shared that with me, I was guilty as charged. So I'm not sure if I'm gonna be comfortable doing the show. You're gonna be calling me out the entire show, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just go ahead and put that out there publicly. Uh, I'm I'm on this show learning too, even though I'm hosting with my queen Amber here. Uh, but with that said, um, Terry, as you hear, um, Justin just kind of started getting into some of the nuts and bolts. Uh, but definitely want to dig in, um, get some of your thoughts. We're going to open up the phone lines because if you're out there listening and so happen to be an entrepreneur and have questions for our experts, uh, we are definitely going to open up the phone lines maybe a little more than we typically do uh, because, as Terry said from the beginning, uh, this platform is for us by us. So let's make sure we're getting in and asking the questions. So if you hear anything, we don't mind going in detail. Um, as we, in a sense, glaze through this in two hours, because we can't do all of this in two hours, but we're going to do as best we can. Um, but with that said, Terry, as you hear, Justin's kind of started getting into some of the specifics and you being a consultant that helps companies try to figure all that out. Um, if anything kind of stood out or that you wanted to kind of piggyback on, please do it right here, King. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, Justin is a is a tax accountant, so he's he's the most qualified professional on this call to speak to what he was, was uh, elaborating on. But, but here's what I'll say in reference to that, because I like to deal with cause and effect. So if anyone's out there listening, hopefully this will resonate with them. The reason why most of our small business owners uh, take the approach that he was describing is because we have been conditioned to believe that the way to grow a small business is to show as little income as possible. 
And I think I think that message has gotten distorted because obviously, you know, we hear uh, kind of this broad based uh, principles that a small business should be somewhat of a tax shelter, right? Um, which mm-hmm. obviously there's truth in that, and, and Justin can can obviously elaborate on that. But here's where the issue comes in: is that we think that that means, in essence, let's hide it in the in the mattress, right? Like let, like let, let's stuff the, the income <laughs> in, a, in a mattress and, and not let Uncle Sam know that it exists. Well, first of all, we're we're in a a, a world where it's full transparency, right? So uh, we're we're starting to wean ourselves off of cash. Everything is electronic. And everything is integrated. So uh, if you if you are independent contractor with a company, they're reporting it. If you're processing through Stripe or PayPal, mm-hmm. it, like it's going to eventually surface, right? So it's so there's not as mm-hmm. much of the you know the, the 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 not disclosing the income piece of it, right? So then what we try to do because we don't do the proper tax planning or the proper legal structure is that we try to expense everything out. So we might have a half a million dollar business, which is great. But then at the end of the year, because we hadn't paid quarterly taxes and we got this huge tax bill that we're staring at, then we go to our CPA or we go to our bookkeeper, our tax professional, and say, look, write off everything you can write off, from the pencils to, you know, salaries to mm-hmm. equipment that I purchased. So then the half a million dollar business looks like an $86,000 business on paper, right? But we think mm-hmm. we're positioned for growth. So then we show up at the bank and we say, hey, I got this half a million dollar business. I need some growth capital. I need new equipment. I need to bring in new employees. And the bank says, uh, you're kind of operating at a deficit. You don't have the capacity to pay back what you're asking for. And it doesn't, it doesn't have to be the bank. It could be um, SBA. It could be a potential investor. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And so that's where the real issue comes in is that if you're not structured properly legally, and then if you don't have the right accounting and information systems in place and the right financial controls in place, so that you're not sticking your hand in the business's account anytime you want to, you know, buy, you know, Atlanta Falcon season tickets or go to Essence Festival or whatever you want to do. If you don't have all that stuff structured properly, then at the end of the year, you're going to try to show as little income as possible. And when you do that, then that's not a recipe for growth because the business looks like it is indigent, like it's fragile on paper. So it's a, it's a self-perpetuating cycle. Um, that, that I see with, with a lot of clients that I deal with is that they're doing the business, but because they're not structured properly, they don't want to reflect it on paper. When you don't reflect it on paper, you can't leverage it on paper. If you can't leverage it on paper, then you're going to be stuck in, you know, basically self-employment, job ownership. No, makes sense. Category. At some point, you're going to have to reflect no, it makes sense. financially healthy. Yeah. No, it absolutely makes sense. I remember having a tax accountant, Ronica Brown, which I think you know, Justin, and she always talks about the aspect of if you're sitting down with your accountant to finally, uh, in a sense, do your taxes, you're late in the game because the tax strategy is just supposed to be planned out throughout the year prior to tax time. And she says by tax time, it's really nothing to do if you pre-planned how that would work of going into the tax season. So I'm going to throw it back to you, Justin, just to kind of jump on that part. I'm pretty sure a lot of what Terry said was juicy for you, so I'm going to throw it back. And then, Amber, I'll let you, in a sense, jump in and maybe ask questions knowing one that you, um, in a sense, like you said, got your notebook ready. I know you've had a business. So anything that resonates with you, um, you, please, you know, please jump in. Um, I suggest just kind of, um, again, your thoughts on what Terry had to say and the idea of preparing your tax plan throughout the year versus even waiting until tax time. Go ahead, King. 
Oh yeah, most definitely. I I, I wanted to scream out, preach. I I really I really did because that that is one of the key things people they want to show is the least amount of income as possible because they feel if they can do that. They're not going to have to pay any taxes on it. But like you said, when we're, we're trying to grow and get into a uh, larger game, you can't do so. I, I was actually guilty of that when I first started out. You know, I was I, I had a lot of real estate, but I would show losses. Um, you know, I was deducting things. Yes, but I, of course I could deduct it, but I was carrying a lot of losses. But then when I go to the bank to do a refi, they're like, well, you're not showing any income with the property. So if you're not showing any income with property, how are you coming to us saying that you need um, some money to do a rehab? He, he was, and you know, all I could do is walk out with my head hung down, right? So he's hustling back. I'm glad that he brought that up. Excuse me. I said you were hustling backwards, basically, like the way we yeah, have to say it out here on these streets. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Go right, ahead, James. I'm right. sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. <laughs> I was hustling backwards, you know. So when I when I came to the realization of what I was doing, I was like, "Wow, okay, well this is how it works." So I had to change my entire strategy. Yeah, I started showing the income. I had to restructure um, the way I had my my companies lined up. I had the LLC owning the property, but then we went a step further. We set up a living trust. You know, now you, the LLC is good for asset protection. You know, so they can't come after me personally. A lot of people buy things to their personal name, and they don't they don't even know what that does to them, you know, as far as credit and what have you. But when you have an LLC and you put the asset in an LLC, you got asset protection now. They can't come after you personally. They can come after the LLC. But then when you set it up in a state like um, Nevada or Wyoming, um, even Delaware, you know, you could do that. They have great asset protection laws there. And so you do something like that, and then you set, then you have a living trust. The living trust takes care of it. You know, say say something happened to you like Kobe, and you and your daughter are flying on a, on a plane and crash into a mountain, but you don't have nothing set up. You know, that's going to go – I actually was um, – Listen to something this morning. It's going to go through probate, probate, you know, but you got the living trust, so you can avoid all that, you know, because things are set up properly. Asset protection, and, you know, the living trust owns the LLC. So, you know, you yeah, makes, can be put yeah, out makes a lot of sense. Can be put out there, you know, because you got the LLC for the asset protection part. Uh, makes sense. Amber, getting a lot of great information, juicy information this morning. Um, any qu- questions or thoughts from you, Queen? Amber, are you still out there? Hold on one second. Oh, okay. Actually, she might have dropped by accident. Hopefully, she'll get back in here. Okay. So, along those lines, um, again, y'all are saying a whole lot. Love the, inf- love the information and saying, hey, a lot of people do this wrong or do this, you know, right or whatever the case may be. For the callers that are on the line, also, you can press 1 to get in on this morning's discussion. For those that are listening online, let me go to, put that out there. The number is 646-787-1691. Again, that's 646-787-1691. You will have to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. I got Amber back on, and I got a caller as well. So let's go to Amber first. Queen, I don't know if you um, – 
when when exactly you dropped, but I just simply said, um, any questions or any thoughts from you? Um, so, yeah, I was here, um, but I was wondering, so I know with my own personal experience, we always go first to LLC. We always go first to um, escort. And so it really resonated with me when um, you said that, I don't know if it was Terry or not, but um, you run into a situation when you've run into a, a higher tax rate um, when you don't set that up properly. So what do you suggest for, you know, just a, a brand-new business? What would be the first step based on your expertise? Uh, Justin, I'm going to let you jump a, in on that one. bakery. Justin, go ahead and jump on that one, King. Okay. All right. All right. So I would actually suggest the S-Corp. Um, S-Corporation, it, it kind of gives you the flexibility. You're not going to be double taxed. So when you – any kind of distribution that's made from the S-Corporation is not going to be taxed. But mind you, as an escort, you want to be an employee, right? So you're gonna you're gonna get your you're gonna get the salary. Things to be reasonable. Um, so I guess market market or whatever um, to pay someone else to do your job, and then the profits that are left over and distributed, they're not taxed. So that that is one of the probably the better arrangement for a new business. No, I like that. Terry, my, I've my, seen you my, talk about that. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, Terry. I wanted you to jump in. So go ahead, King. Just jump on. Go ahead and jump in. Yeah, I want to, I want to interject something because I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to bring – I mean, Justin is dropping so many gems right now. I, I hope the caller – I mean, the, the listeners out there understand the value of this information. Um, but 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 here's what this looks like in practice: is that after you set that legal structure up that he's describing, um, I know he he mentioned it, but I just want to be even more direct about it. A lot of us think that if we put ourselves on payroll, that we're putting the business at a disadvantage because we want to reinvest all of the profits back into the business so that it can continue to grow. Particularly if we have a traditional job and we're running a business on the side. If the, if, if the job kind of takes care of all of our household needs, then we'll just not, in theory, you know, take a salary from the business. But that rarely works out that way. So what happens is that we unintentionally co-mingle funds. When you unintentionally co-mingle funds, you muddy up your financials and you undermine everything that you're trying to do to grow the business. There has to be a distinctive separation between you as an employee of your own company, so it's almost like you have to have these two uh, alter egos, right? You, 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 you've got to have a persona that is, I'm a traditional employee, and I'm going to behave like one. And then when it's time to behave like the owner, you behave like the owner. But you can't be the employee behaving like the owner, right? So, like, you can't, you can't mm-hmm. just randomly, you know, swipe the card for, you know, personal uh, expenses and things like that and because it just causes problems. So here's what happens a lot of times, is particularly for those that are fully self-employed. And I'm sure there'll be some listeners that'll say, man, that happened to me this year. So they're doing a quarter of a million dollars. The business is growing. You know, they, 
they're taking it out of their garage, they got a brick and mortar location, whatever, things are starting to trend in the right direction. They never set themselves up on payroll. They've got enough consistent cash flow to go ahead and buy a better car or to, you know, be a first time home buyer. They show up, hire an agent, fill out the you know, credit app, the you know, mortgage broker comes back and says, I can't help you because you haven't been on payroll, so I'm gonna need all of your bank's profit law. I mean, excuse me, all of your business's profit law statements, and I'm gonna need, you know, 12 months of of, of bank records, right? So then you go, so you can't even pull mm-hmm. the P&L because you, you you don't want to pay a CPA or a bookkeeper to maintain it every month. You might have been documenting some things in QuickBooks, but it's just dirty. The the, the, the chart of accounts doesn't make sense. You, you're inconsistent about it. You don't have the backup documentation, so it, it's just a bowl of spaghetti, right? It doesn't make sense. And and you're sitting there thinking, how the heck do I make a quarter of a million dollars? How, how does my business make a quarter of a million dollars? And I can't buy a $150,000 house. You know, mortgage would be less than what I'm paying in rent in an apartment. And it's because of what Justin was describing. And and you don't have the proper structure. Then you're, you're commingling. You're not on payroll. And so you don't look good on paper. And your business doesn't look good on paper. There's no separation between the two entities, meaning you as a person and you as a business owner. So you know, financial institutions can't trust the record keeping. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, it's like, you know, and so it, it creates, it creates all types of issues with the growth of the business, but it also creates issues with the growth of the person, you know, when it comes to any major, um, any major purchases. And, and what we have to remember is that as small business owners, until our companies get to where they're, let's just say enterprise level, Almost everything that we sign off on is going to require a personal guarantee for the most part. You want to get a lease, you're going to have to be a personal guarantor on that building. You want to lease some equipment, you're going to have to be the personal guarantor. There's very few scenarios where they're going to say, oh, yep, we'll just, you know, put it in the business names and business name, excuse me, and you don't have any personal liability. Well, here, here we go again. If you don't look healthy on paper because you're not taking a salary, so you can't, you know, show your tax returns that show that you made $84,000 in personal income last year. That's not the same as showing that your business generated $84,000 in revenue and that you might have taken 35 of it. That's a different scenario. And so um, it's just a self-perpetuating cycle. And so aside from the proper legal structure, we have to not commingle funds. We got to put ourselves on payroll. And then lastly, we got to make sure that we have financial controls in place. Even if we are the, the sole person running everything, still put – it's no different than, you know, uh, being self-disciplined when it comes to your eating habits or being self-disciplined when it comes to your time management. It's the same thing with your finances as a business owner. You have to say, well, just because I got access to my business account and there's $23,000 in it, that doesn't mean that I can just, you know, stick my hand in the cookie jar and do whatever I feel like doing. It causes all types of issues on the back end. Now, strong thoughts. We actually got a caller. Uh, so let's jump to the caller. Um, area code 502, last three, 283. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Or if you have a question for either of our experts, please go ahead. Thank you for calling in this morning. Hey, what's going on? This is uh, Brent from uh, St. Louis. Hey, what's going on, Jimmy? Okay? Thanks for calling in. What you got for Good us? Morning. Yeah, you're coming yeah, through loud and clear. Just talking about talking about good stuff, uh, I, and it reminded me the title of the show. Uh, thinking about the long term, 
Um, well, the actually, um, Brand, no, Brand, just to let you know, this is, I'm sorry to cut you off, but actually the show has changed to um, Montoya's Life Story. Like, that's the name of the show now. <laughs> 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 just, right know, let me just call, call myself out. Because <laughs> I'm doing everything and they say it wrong. It's <laughs> still doing well, it. So, so we changed the name of the show, just so you know. It's not how to properly structure your business for long-term success. It's, you know, it's, my, it's my, 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 my years in business. But go ahead, King. I'm messing with you. Go ahead. We're going to do better. Right, but no. better, Montoya. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing is, you ain't out there alone, and that's why I'm glad you got this show, because it, it, it raises another cautionary tale of not necessarily even business owners. You know, a, a friend of mine I was having a discussion with was talking about a, a guy we know at the barbershop. He hustles. He's doing jobs on the side for folks at his uh, property. He's cleaning up yards, cutting grass. And, uh, you know, even barbers might, some barbers might have the same situation where they're not uh, uh, annotating that or reporting that as taxes. And then so the discussion we had was this guy eventually retired expecting Social Security. They're like, you haven't paid anything into Social Security because you've been hiding this money all this time. You know what I mean? And I thought that was really mm-hmm. interesting. Even if you don't own a business, you still, you know, have to think about the ways uh, you you are disadvantaging yourself down the line. And my question, though, however, is, is kind of on a different note, something we touched on earlier. Um, when we talk about LLCs, S-Corps, and all that, I hear things about a series corporation um, or a series business. Under, For example, I mean, a big one would be like Yum has Pizza Hut, Taco Bell, and and other things like that. But a friend of mine, he has property, and in different neighborhoods he starts, he will have he will call them different companies under the the larger name of this LLC. I got Series One, Series Two business. I'm wondering what ha- How do you do that? How do if you have a lawn care business and you have a barber shop and you have real estate and you wanted all of those to be series? Is there protections, and how would you go about doing that, uh, uh, a structure like that? Justin? I will be honest. I don't have any experience with the, with the theory um, entity. I know it's, it's something that's revenue, so I'd have to pass it along to you on here. Yeah, that, that, uh, that's you heard. My, are you aware my, of that one as well? Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm, I'm aware of it, but to, to, I wouldn't. I'm not comfortable advising someone on how to structure it. No, that's fair. Um, mm-hmm. That that's kind of uh, outside of my scope. Okay, now nah, sounds good. What well, we then, can do, um, Justin? Oh, oh, you got another question? Okay, cool. Well, let me say this real quick. It didn't ask you yeah, this just, part, um, Brand. Yeah, no, no, no. Let me just okay. let this. Uh, I just want to let this because we because we do this live on the air all the time, so it's not a problem. Um, Justin, I would assume just based on your resources, you might know someone that. That might we can might connect them to um, offline. So if you do get that to me, um, go ahead, Brent. I'm sorry. Okay, most definitely. No, that's all right. And that's why I asked the question. It seemed like something challenging. I, you know, and it's something I wouldn't want to jump into unless I understood it. So yeah, if I could get info on that, be great. But the other question is, I worked for a company that uh, was a startup, and uh, we worked. I worked for them a couple of years, and after, they said after three years, uh, they didn't start. Um, Charting a profit or accepting a profit or a paycheck or something until after three years. 
but they had great houses, they had cars and all that stuff. And I'm just wondering, what do people, what do companies mean when they say, you know, we didn't chart a profit until, you know, a year into the game or something like that? Terry, I'm going to let you yeah, jump on that one first. Go ahead, King. Yeah, well, I mean, the business can be operating in the red, and the owners can still be bringing in a healthy income, right? Um, and not to go too deep in it, again, I'm not an accountant. I understand it from a practical standpoint, right? So when you start getting into depreciation and amortization and all of those different things that uh, a CPA or a tax accountant can do to either make a business look profitable or to make a business look like it's losing money on paper, that's kind of a separate issue from whether or not the, the, the owners, in other words, the owners have an operational role in most cases, unless they're just straight investors, right? Meaning if you went to culinary arts school and you were a chef, uh, you know, for larger entities for 17 years, you decide you want to start your own restaurant, in most cases you're going to be the executive chef for a period of time until you develop the capacity to replace yourself, right? you got to have the financial resources uh, to replace yourself. So while you're working for your company, as the executive chef, you might be paying yourself a $90,000 salary, but on paper, the business may be losing a little bit of money um, every year. Now, you might say, well, how is it surviving? Well, it may be surviving because it has a line of credit with a bank to, um, you know, supplement that, that deficiency. There may be investors that are infusing capital into it. They may be, you know, maxing out credit cards or they may have a second mortgage on their home that's helping them to stay afloat until the business is healthy on paper. But, again, they could still be, you know, bringing home a very no, little sense. way. That no, makes sense. Let me um let me let Justin jump in real quick as the accountant on you know again. But I just definitely wanted to hear it as, as you said from your perspective. But yeah, any thoughts on what um Brent asked? Because we got another caller as well, and we got another break coming up. But go ahead, Justin. Any thoughts from you know again as an accountant? What's your perspective on that question? Well, give give me the 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 bare minimum of what he's saying right now, because uh, I want to I want to put it together collectively. Yeah, he was just simply saying that, hey, the business basically, you know, just in talking to him probably in passing, that ultimately they said they didn't turn a profit to three years in, but he was noticing that they were living well as the business owners. So it was just kind of a, a general perspective. Of, you know, and as he said, what does it mean that they actually didn't turn a profit? Because the assumption is if you're not really into business, that if they're doing well, they must be profiting, and that's not always the case. And Terry just kind of broke down. It could be a lot of those scenarios. But I just wanted to kind of hear, you know, just a general accountant's perspective on a question, um, you know, in a sense from that standpoint. Brent, did I pretty much wrap it up pretty, pretty quick because I want to get to the next caller? Is that pretty yeah. much what you were asking? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know. Yep, All right, cool. So, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Justin. Okay. That goes back to the entity structure. You know, when, when I was saying paying yourself a salary, um, you're giving yourself a reasonable salary, but the distributions may not be there. So you can have a, um, a reasonable salary and be able to live well, you know, but the business, as far as the way it's structured, may not, you know, after it pays those salaries and all the other expenses, it doesn't turn a profit. So... No, that would no, be it sense. Sense. Yeah. no, it makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And one other thought, I'm sorry, Justin, sorry. I want to get to the other caller before we get to the break. Um, but one other thought, too, Brent, before you go, is just you also have the perspective of um, some people don't think about this, but maybe three years in or four years in, sometimes people are talking about 
all the money they put in for the entire three years, they're now ahead of that money. So sometimes when they're saying it, it's not even necessarily the individual year. It's about have we actually turned a profit for all the money we put in. So they could have also said it from that standpoint, or if they're telling you, you know, they're still paying themselves a decent salary because they're not commingling funds, like Terry said. So just a few thoughts on that. Great questions, and um, we'll definitely, uh, I'll get Justin to get you a resource on that other question um, at a, at a later time. But thanks for the call, King. All right. Well, we should got about a minute before break. Um, Amber, anything for you? Um, just from you, just from hearing all of this before we go to break. I don't want to start a whole other question and have to cut it off. So any. But just any thoughts as you're listening to this information? Again, knowing that you're looking to be an entrepreneur again yourself. Go ahead, Queen. Um, not really. I don't have any questions at this moment. All right, cool. No problem, no problem. So, yeah, that's, I missed the last break. The information was so good, I skipped right through it. Uh, I want to take care of our, one of our main sponsors, Square Business Entertainment. They've been a year-long sponsor with us. They have a, uh, a new song by Taylor Pace that gets us in the mood for the holidays. For those who do celebrate the holidays, Taylor Pace, Taylor Pace's Close to Christmas. And we'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Uh-huh. Air is freezing, the place are falling. The hearts of everyone you love start calling. Kids in the snow playing. While the cookies are baking, their heels start playing. And snowmen making, oh yeah. Decorations and the lights, as far as the eye can see. Chimney smoke, clouds the air, but it's quite clear to me. It must be getting close to Christmas Day. Lit up trees. MoneyMotivation.com is fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most is more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made $0 an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. And everywhere I be, be, I don't even talk, talk. They still know it's because I look like money. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with co-host Amber Page. For all the entrepreneurs out there listening, highly recommend the moneymotivation.com. Go to that website, Money Motivation. The brand is a street gear brand geared towards entrepreneurs who are out here trying to figure this game out and get it to get to it, if you will, get to the bag, as they always say. But we've got some other callers out there. For all the callers that are out there, you do have to press 1 to let us know that you want to speak. We're going to go to 
last three six zero zero. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. It's Pianchi. How you doing? Hey, brother Pianchi. Always good to hear from you. What you got for us, Chief Pianchi? I'm just going to say this. I'm going to say this real quick. That other 314, he ain't no 314. He on the other side of the river. He like to sneak what? over here from time to time what and take claims. The, the Illinois Yeah, then when things get hot, when things get hot, he sneak back over there. But look, <laughs> <laughs> look, this is a very good conversation. And some good things were pointed out. You know, you pointed out about black businesses. Blacks have uh, 2.6 million, actually higher less than a million. And a lot of those businesses must be hobbies. And then when you look at the average income of male and female, male is about 72.3 and female is about 28.8. Now, they can only say one thing. Of course, you, 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 can't, you can't complain to people because of what they're doing. They're doing what they're doing. But it's areas that they could be in, but they're not in. Another point. In uh, is that Justin Peterson, by the way, the, the guy that's with you? No, it's a brother by the name of Justin Hem- Hempstead. Okay, it's a Justin Peterson. Yeah, but he's, he's smarter. He's smarter than Justin you're talking about, though. Just so you know, he's smarter than you. You got Justin. that right, <laughs> man. He put down some jewels. <laughs> Go ahead, brother Bianca. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead, brother. But I like the, the the comment he made about the difference uh, the structure. Now I was a structure steel erector, and I was in commercial construction, and I was structured as a S corporation. And for the very reason he said is because you're not double tax, even though we did offer stock, preferred stock to family members. And I'm going to say something else, too. You talk about when an owner has to take money out of the business in order to live. Just think about that. It's best to have own. It's best to have 10% of 10 different things than 100% in one thing. So if you had a retail business at spot A, and you had competition down the street at spot B. If you at spot A have to take out a salary in that business, well, the person down the street at spot B, he's not taking out a salary. He's going to be able to outsell and outdo you every time because they're going to be able to sell their products cheaper than you. Then at some point in time, when you have your back up against the ball and you're ready to go out of business, he's going to come in there and offer you $0.10 on the dollar for everything you got on your shelves and hang it on the rack. I mean, Uh, great, great thought. Let me me keep you on real quick. (laughs) Let me ask you this because I got Terry here because I want to dialogue about it just so there's there's a, a, some understanding or just to have a dialogue about it. And so, um, great point, Brother Pianchi, but at the same time, I think, and this, again, this is how I'm hearing this, and I want you all to dialogue about it, but at the same time, as I hear Terry talking about the idea of giving yourself a salary and just really starting to understand business structure in a way that maybe most of us haven't, as I said, they're basically calling out my life story, if you will. And so I want to juxtapose that thought against the what what um, brother Pianchi just said. So Terry, give me your thoughts just to dialogue that out and hash it out by you know you being a business consultant and um, brother Pianchi, long time uh, business owner for years, as he said, a structured steel uh, company, whatever for a lot of years. Um, but with that said, what are your thoughts in the in the, in what he just laid out there, Terry? 
Oh, I mean, in theory, he's absolutely right. Uh, the problem with that in practice is that most African-Americans don't have enough equity or financial solvency uh, in their personal lives to not need their businesses to be their primary source of, of income, uh, if, you know, if they're, if they're a full-time entrepreneur. Uh, most don't have a real estate portfolio or other financial vehicles uh, that can be liquidated or leveraged to be able to not put that uh, early pressure on their businesses. So the perspective that I was speaking from is based on the landscape as it is, right? Um, but in a, per- in a perfect world, if we can wave our magic wand, then what, what the brother described is, is what it would be. So it's almost like a, where we want to get to, to a certain extent. Again, yeah, you're speaking to kind of, in a sense, currently, where the, in a sense, a lot of us are at, not necessarily everybody, but a lot of us are in that position. And ideally, we want to move to what we just heard a brother <laughs> Yankee uh, uh, talk about. So is that, is that, did I capture that pretty clear from you, Terry? Absolutely, and and if I if we, if I could offer a um, a solution to getting there, it's that we have to prioritize the equity in the businesses and the equity in the assets versus personal lifestyle, personal luxuries. We we, we have to have a generation of people that take on that ideology. As long as we gotta have it and look like we have it, then then it's going to be a problem for early stage startups, particularly if the founders aren't already uh, financially well-established. So in other words, if your business is doing a half a mil and you need to take home 150 grand because you want a six series and a 3000 square foot house and season tickets and the kids got to be in private schools and so on and so forth, then you're essentially uh, raping the business of its profit in order to subsidize your lifestyle, and so you ain't winning. The business ain't winning. It's, it's just it's the wash. Now that's a key point. Let me have Justin jump in here as a tax accountant, longtime tax accountant, uh, one of the best in the game, if you will. How many times have you seen what Terry just laid out? When you get someone like you said. Um, They're successfully kind of make, you know, get into the bag. I'll use that term. So they seem to be doing well, again, as far as cash flow goes. But when they come to you and say, hey, you know, Gamenda, you should talk to Justin. He's going to show you how to do it a little better or so you don't get the same tax hit hit as last year. How many times have you seen the exact example that Terry's talking about, Justin? And from the standpoint, I like what he says, a generational thought that you don't have to always say, you know, getting past the concept of looking like you have it. How much has that hurt a lot of people that have come to you for advice, if you will? Go ahead, King. I've actually seen it quite a, quite a bit. You know, you have, you have the people who want that lifestyle, but they have not put in place what needs as far as, um, like you're saying, another having another source of income to come through and pay for those luxuries. That's just from the basic financial um, financial literacy or financial educational part of life. You know, have another another source, another asset that's paying for those for those luxuries that you're asking for. Allow business to um, be able to stand on its own. You have so many people who don't have that in place, and it hurts 
more so than not. And that that is a big thing within the just within the within the black and brown community, you know. So let me ask you this real quick. Have you relatively been successful with someone who, in a sense, came to you in that scenario and been able to, because, uh, you know, we know we have another good friend, um, you know, Harvey, just to throw it out. And he says sometimes even with his ed- advising, in a sense, some people still kind of never get a hold of it. Have you been able to successfully show someone who's doing decent cash flow-wise to understand that principle, in a sense, turn it around and build that equity and, you know, I'm looking for more than, yes, I've been able to do it, but just to kind of walk through transitioning, if you can recall maybe a scenario where you were able to, in a sense, get someone to understand the key word that I got took out of Terry's statement was the concept of building equity in the business. Um, the, what I, I would offer, um, again, you know, me, in a sense, having a side business and, and still working, which is kind of pretty much always been my case, um, the idea of building equity in that manner is it's not something I've thought about too much. And again, as an accountant, that I think in a sense that's your whole purpose. So, you know, what has that looked like being able to transition someone, um, if you will? Well, first of all, you get them to change the way the, the uh, books are being kept. So, if you change the way the books are being kept, you can see where most of the expenses are going for the business. Um, once that is in order and you have the bookkeeping together, then that's when you can start the plan for with the tax issue. We see the tax issues come up a lot, and so they're giving, they're paying out more in taxes than they should. So once you get the books together, and then the tax issues are together, you're now paying out less in taxes. So what do you do with that extra money that was? being lost or, you know, left on the table given to the government, you now have something that can set up a reserve for your business. That reserve allows you not to have to tap into, you know, so you're getting a, you, you have a, a janitorial company. I'll use that one. And you're bringing in $10,000 a month, and your overhead for the job is 5000 well, you say I need that um, the other five thousand to be able to live off of and live comfortably. No, that's not that's not the way business is ran. That other five thousand is supposed to be set up purposefully for the company to be able to grow and possibly even invest in other other things. So the company can create other things that will then be able to sustain that lifestyle that you're seeking to say, oh, I need five thousand. Whereas the company has 5000 in profits that they're making off of this one particular job, they can let that sit up for, you know, for a year. you got 60 chickens. Now, okay, we can go out and we can buy an apartment building. The apartment building now takes care of the luxury that I was thinking before. But we did that by changing the books and changing the taxes. Now the entity is being taxed, which created additional money, which did not require us to tap into money that was coming in properly. Now, I've seen you give that advice, um, even when we were doing the classes a couple years ago here in Atlanta, um, that exact advice, you know what I mean? Like, if you sacrifice for a year, you now have the 60000 where you can, as you say, invest in something that gives you uh, a cash flow. And now you live off the cash flow versus living off of the profits that you were obtaining 
by just keeping the difference between your overhead and the money you were bringing in. Just like you said, a quick change of thought. Um, beautiful, beautiful example. We are up against the top of the hour. As always, we play music from Square Business Entertainment. I love this company. They're bringing us back to that real R&B. And again, just to get into the mood for those who do celebrate the holidays, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think.
some of my videos, I already know the ones that are going to get a lot of traction and the ones that may get limited visibility, but I put the ones out that I know that are going to get limited visibility because that's the most important information. The bottom line is you got to build infrastructure. You have to have systems. You have to have processes. You have to have an ability to attract and retain talent, to develop talent. That's where businesses are made. So let's just say if you're, you're a pastry chef and you, you put together these amazing designs and, you know, your, your desserts and your cakes, uh, they taste delectable and everybody loves it. But you can only pump out five cakes a week. Because it's just you, and you don't have a, you don't, there are no, there are no written recipes, there are no written processes, so you can't bring in someone that doesn't have your natural gifts, or that doesn't have your level of training or education, and have them duplicate it. Then, you will always own a job. You will always put out five to seven cakes a week. Meanwhile, someone that learns about co-packing and manufacturing and distribution, and builds a sales team and has a recall plan and all of the stuff that he knows about preservatives and all this other stuff, they're going to go on to make millions and millions of dollars and their cakes may taste like shit just because they have the capacity. So understand, like when I post these videos about, you know, don't, a lot of these coaches and influencers are telling you it's all about passion, it's all about working hard, it's all about followers. That stuff is important, but it's not more important than infrastructure and capacity. Infrastructure, capacity, infrastructure, capacity, systems, standard, standard operating procedures, processes, uh, leveraging technology. That's what's going to get you to seven figures. Love y'all. Hope this was useful. Go make it. Welcome back to the Myth Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, with co-host Amber Page. So the second hour is your life story, Amber Page. I already got enough of mine being broke down and stepped on. <laughs> right. So, um, Amber, if you will, I'm pretty sure some of what you just heard resonates with you, just a thought from you, and I definitely want to let Terry go full-fledged on that cut because, again, if we're going to do this um, show right, um, that's where we need to be focused. But any thoughts from you, um, uh, you know, as well as you, you know, mentioned the example of the bakery in, in the prior hour, any thoughts from you, Queen? Oh, absolutely. I am one, a person of structure and procedure, and there's a right way to do everything. Um, I've gone from every sector that I could work in, I've done it. Um, but there's something special about a business that is structured with the standard operating procedures. Um, this is the protocol for this scenario and that scenario. That is so essential to me in when I think about business and establishing a successful business. It's just how should this work? What is the way that this business will work? So that piece, speaking about the structure as far as, you know, having your recipes down to a T so that somebody else can pick it up, that's just setting yourself up for growth. Um, so I really like that um, message that was in that last uh, piece. Oh, absolutely. Terry, the floor I mean, is yours I, as you kind of can go. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. I'm sorry, Queen. I thought you were finished. Please, no, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead, Queen. I, I was just going to say that 
um, with I, I this is my first uh, career in corporate America, and that's one thing that they have large corporations have, they have those processes and procedures documented so that they can keep them moving through. The next person can pick it up and keep going with the, the, the business. So that's essential. No, absolutely. For all the callers that are out there as well, you have to press one. We will get you in. Um, Terry, again, once again, the floor is yours. We definitely got to let you come off of that, that cut because I couldn't play this, do this show without playing that cut, which I've played plenty of times, but it's just so appropriate when we're having this discussion. Go ahead, King. Montoya, I don't even know where you find these clips from. I, I couldn't even tell you where to find that video. I follow I you, King. I follow you, man. <laughs> <laughs> I literally do not remember recording that video. But no, so so here's the thing. And and and, and for those that are that may have just called in recently and and didn't hear the intro earlier in the show. The nature of my business, the, the core function of, our, of my business is brand development and workforce development. So I'm not an accountant by trade. I'm not an IT professional by trade. Uh, I'm not a CPA by trade, right? So, But what I see with the clients that we primarily serve is that everyone wants to be the Black Friday an- uh, anomaly, right? Like everybody wants to be the Christmas season anomaly where there's, you know, this heartwarming story where a home-based business that produces whatever product that you want to insert, you know, um, get some visibility on social media through maybe an influencer or through local media, and they take that business from a $25,000 business and now they're doing $2.5 million, right? And, you know, Montoya, you know I don't like the name drop, right? But, but I've worked with some of these entities that, you know, people use as, I guess, their, their aspiration, right? And what they don't realize is the story that they're being told on social media, the story that they're being told through mainstream media is only part of the story. Because at the end of the day, in order for someone to sell $2.5 million worth of product, they got to have $2.5 million worth of product. They got to have $2.5 million worth of capacity. So I don't know why we fall for that, that trick. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. I believe in the American dream. I believe that something can start out of the garage and that it can just kind of blow up overnight. But that is 1% of 1% of how businesses actually grow. I'll give you an analogy. If, if a person wants to establish the capacity to run the Boston Marathon, they can't show up at the Boston Marathon out of shape. You're either in shape and prepared to run it or you're not. It's the same way with your business. So when that opportunity to grow exponentially is in front of you, you either got the sales processes and protocols in place or you don't. You got the accounting infrastructure in place or you don't. You got the brand strategy and the marketing plan in place or you don't. You know, you you have the manufacturing capacity in place or you don't. And when my organization has had six- and seven-figure uh, contracting opportunities, we were able to, you know, meet that demand because we, as, as the, uh, uh, Justin was saying and one of the earlier callers was saying, instead of us living, meaning us as the owners, living, you know, a lavish lifestyle, we were reinvesting in our technology infrastructure. We were hiring people. We were invest, reinvesting in our brand. We were paying attorneys $475 an hour to make sure that our 
you know, uh, partnership agreements, our operating agreements, all of our, you know, disclaimers and, and, and whatever else, non-compete agreements and uh, non-disclosure agreements. We're making sure all of that stuff was ironclad so that when the opportunity to grow was in front of us, we had the tools to meet the demand. And what happens a lot of times with African-American entrepreneurs is that we want the opportunity to show up first. So, 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 mm-hmm. I'll have people. To, I'll have people to so we're pull not, them well, out. Quite often, we're not ready for it, even when it if it does go that way, right? We're not always ready. Even for if it, it does go, go ahead, that way, exactly. So, so here's how that looks. Someone will pull up in front of my office in a eighty thousand dollar Denali. They'll walk in and they got on a couple grand worth of clothes. And based on what I know about them personally, they live a really, really, you know, high end lifestyle, right? They got. They take vacations and cruises, and, they, you know, they live well, okay? And they'll say, look, I feel like my business is stuck. I'm ready to grow. You know, how can you help me? We put together a $10,000, $15,000, $20,000 plan for their brand, for their, you know, their, their, their sales uh, processes and protocols, their, a customer relationship management system, or their social media strategy, and all this other stuff, right? So, you know, less than what a used car would cost. And then all of a sudden, that becomes cost prohibitive. That's a mentality issue. Not that they don't have the resources, it's being misappropriated. And so if you notice, Montoya, I always go to the behavioral piece of it and the, the I guess the, uh, the, the, the cultural and psychological piece of it because I really think that's where we need to change the most. Once we change that, we can find experts to help us in these various areas of our businesses. But we don't even want to make the investment because we want the opportunity to proceed the investment. And it doesn't work that way. I got a contract right now with a Fortune 500 company, one of the largest employers uh, in, in Louisiana. Okay? For the past three years, we've been running a pilot program. And we've been, we ran that pilot program at a financial loss. Why? Because we knew that they had intentions to eventually scale you know, the, the, the type of work that we're doing for them. And so now it's coming back around full circle three years later where, you know, it looks like we're going to have chapters in about four or five different markets. And so we'll finally wow. some profit, you know. And, and so, so, but we had to continually reinvest in that client relationship, in that model, in terms of continuing to build curriculum and branding it and putting out social media content and developing the technological needs around it. And now we'll reap the benefits of it. And that, that's been what I've seen, you know, over the course of my, you know, almost 30-year entrepreneurship career is that if you're not willing to invest in your business when you're going to feel the burn, you're not going to be able if – you, if you got uh, some great cookies, when those cookies start flying off the shelf and you need to go do business with a co-packer and you need to have a $50,000 line of credit to fulfill that first order with Whole Foods, you either got it or you don't. Either got it or you don't. Nah, it makes so much sense. Nah, it makes so much sense. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, please. No, no. I, 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 that you know. That's just the best way that I could tie a bow around it. You either got, you either got it or you nah, don't. Nah, makes you sense. Don't have it makes it weird. Yeah. Nah, yeah. We're up against the break. So eight nine one. We'll get to you coming out of break. But all the other callers out there, you do have to press one. I hope you're hearing me clearly. It's your first time listening to the show. You have to press one to let us know you want to speak for the online call. Listeners, 646-787-1691. Again, that's 646-787-1691. We'll be right back. All I ask is that you think. 
Big Sis Media Group is a full-service design agency with tools available to help clients communicate with audiences through visual and digital media. So what exactly does that mean? You need graphic design? Call Big Sis Media. You need web design? Call Big Sis Media. You need audio or video production? Call Big Sis Media. You need a branded strategy for your business? Call Big Sis Media. Damn, they do everything, don't they? Nope, even better. They're professionals. Whatever service you need, they do a consultation, send over a contract with a deadline, and meet that deadline. A true one-stop shop for all your digital and media needs, all at an affordable price. What's their website and phone number? BigSysMediaGroup.com 404-465-4348 Again, that's BigSysMediaGroup.com Call them at 404-465-4348 Big Sis Media out here doing wonderful work. They've done my website for my mobile notary business. Um, very great value for what they offer. So definitely look them up online at BigSysMediaGroup.com. Uh, we got a couple of calls that we want to go in, so let's go to these calls. We're taking your calls again at 646-787-1691. Press 1 to let us know you want to speak. Let's go to 609-LAST-3891. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Good morning, Montoya. This is uh, Marilyn Davis. How are you today? Hey, how you doing, Queen? Thanks for calling in. What you got for us? I'm doing well. Terry, your information is epic. I mean, it's just right in there. Uh, Amber said some things, too, that were poignant. Um, if, if you think about it, when you're working corporate or in any business, the first thing they do during orientation is they give you their manual. And their manual explains to you all of the inner workings that you will be involved in in working for their company. When we have companies, instead of looking at where we're going, we have to figure out the end from the beginning in order to get there, and then we have to, you know, dot all the T's and cross all the I's in order to take those steps to get where we're going. The car didn't just appear. The car was assembled. A business has to be assembled from the inside out like everything else does. So the information that you presented is very important, and we do have people out there that are taking us from zero to the end with the dash being completely empty. And that is a misnomer, and it does, it, 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 it has people out there putting everything they have on the line for an illusion, which really isn't fair. And the one other thing that I want to lift up is that you were talking about the different businesses that started out small and now there are major corporations, your Microsoft and, and um, the, all the other ones, you know, in the IT industry, mostly who started in garages or basements. And that's all well and good, but those cultures support the culture, whereas we don't do that. We support their culture financially. So the work that I do as a public speaker and as a black um, cultural expert is I'm trying to show people that as a culture we have everything that we need, we're just misappropriating it, and then we're blaming everyone else. So we're working in tandem from different sides of the room, like I heard someone say earlier, but we're all in the same house. We're all in the same space together doing what we do. 
Um, the question that I have, Terry, I don't know if you can answer this. I'm also a gospel preacher, a minister, and we all know that, you know, giving freely, God gave freely, and we have to give freely so people don't want to robbery to pay. Let me go ahead and get to the question. So my question is, how will you transition from a pastor or a minister into public speaking where you are remunerated for the work that you do in public speaking? So I don't know if I quite understand the question, Terry. Do you get it? Because I'm, I'm a little I'm, – maybe not. Maybe I'm missing it. So I just want to make sure you're – if you follow it, go ahead and jump in, King. If not, I want to get some clarity because um, I think I'm missing the question a little bit. Um, Terry, are you good with it or do we yeah, want to Yeah, is the caller still on the line? If she can, if there was a word yeah, that I'm still here. She's still here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to, yeah, I want to, yeah, if you will, kind of, yeah. Well, say, say the question again because I, I heard it, but I don't know if I understand what you're asking. I want to transition from preaching to a public speaker who's getting paid for the work in public speaking. How do I make that transition? Well, I would start with. You know, you need to develop a really strong personal brand. Uh, that would be that would be my starting point. And this, this and, and even if it wasn't, you know, moving from the faith-based space into more, let's just say, the private sector. I mean, this, this would be applicable to anyone that was trying to make uh, that type of transition because, you know, you, you're moving from one culture uh, and one compensation structure, so to speak, right, uh, to another. And so, if the private sector is going to pay you. Uh, you know, as a subject matter expert, then you have to be positioned as a subject matter expert. And so, you know, all of the tools need to be deployed, you know, from, you know, developing a personal brand logo, uh, telling your backstory on multiple platforms, uh, from, you know, website to social media, uh, launching that podcast that you may be able to leverage, uh, you know, by putting out the free uh, advocacy and education and inspirational information, and then the, the opportunities to speak and to be compensated from it come from uh, leveraging, you know, putting that out into the universe, so to speak. And so that would be my um, my recommendation is to really, you know, get with a, a good firm or, uh, you know, I don't know if that's a skill set that you have yourself or you can craft it yourself, but uh, that would be my starting point would be to, to take a step back and to think about, okay, what is my personal brand? How am I going to deploy it? You know, what platforms am I going to use to continue to perpetuate it and, you know, build community around your expertise first? Once you build community around your expertise, then people are going to want you to be on panels. They're going to want you to, you know, uh, train in breakout sessions or, you know, speak at commencements or whatever it is that, you know, you want to do. So that that would be my, my recommendation. Uh, Terry, I, I think I heard you say uh, – yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me say this. I'm just being a little. Uh, but Terry, did I, did I hear you say Terry Simmons Junior. dot com or something like that? Was that the recommendation? <laughs> I heard that. I, I, I didn't make sure. I didn't know if I, I just didn't know if that's what I heard, brother. So make sure I'm hearing that correctly, man. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Did I, did is, I get that right? Is, the website. The website is TerrySimmons.com, but Montoya, you know I'm not I'm not self-serving, so I I, 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 know, I, know, that, I know that brother, but I, but I'm making that recommendation at this moment, if you will. Uh, thank you, Mary. Thank you so much for the call. Uh, I got another call I want to get to. Appreciate the support, Queen, if you will, because you know look us up at MentalDialogue.com and become a supporter. Appreciate you. No, appreciate no, absolutely. Uh, no, absolutely. Uh, let's go to my man Kevin out of South Carolina. Let me get him on. Anybody else out there listening? Press one. 
to get in on this morning's discussion question. What's up, Kevin? How you doing, King? What's going on? I guess we be trying to hang in there. Things are things are getting tight around this time of year, but we good. Um, okay. I was listening to Jimmy. I just talked to the show kind of late, so I was like, you know, okay. I hear people, and I got a lot of friends, you know, in business, and they try to advise people. Oh, you know, they're frustrated about, you know, black folk in business not being able to do it, and like he just said something about, you know, priorities. You know, where they ain't putting their priorities, like you just brought up about what they buy, uh, like their cars and the clothes and things of that sort. And they say, well, people got their priorities straight. Now, my question is, oh, tell them, in order for us to fix our our problems, the many problems that we have in our community, we have to first fix the mentality of our people. Now, you call it a priority, but is that a priority or is it a necessity? Because, see, we do things to make ourselves feel better because of the lack of confidence or whatever, you know. But we've been told that we were not, we were less than everybody else that's out there that we're competing against. So, like, you just had a pastor that came on just now. That's why we get dressed up on Sunday, because we want to feel like we're part of We We try to uplift ourselves. That's a mental thing, because, see, white folks don't go to church all decked out like that. They'll go to church in some, some you know, some khakis or some shorts or T-shirt and stuff like that. But we got the big hats and the big old, you know, the zoot suits and everything. That's the mentality that we have. See, we first got to realize that we are good enough as a people, and then we'll be able to put things in proper perspective and proper, like you said, prioritize. Uh, that's what really I feel for as business, for as community, for as family. We have to get this mental thing. This, we were, we are psychologically damaged, and don't nobody really want to, you know, pin it on the tail. We got to fix that. Because we ain't going to succeed in anything we're trying to do in our liberation as a, as a people until we get the mentality, until we say we are great, until we say we are beautiful. Look, look at all the money they be spending out to other groups. Look, like the, the Chinese and the, and the, the, the Koreans and nails and hair and stuff. We spend out billions of dollars just trying to look good enough. You understand me, brother? I said a lot. Thank you um, for the call. I'm going to let Justin jump in here because I think uh, we can speak to that. And, again, this is the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, and you know that's part of our capacity. Like we don't, and as I always say, we don't have that name, Mental Dialogue, for no reason, just to even highlight that very quickly. I always say if we can improve the conversation you have inside your own head, you will be better. And if you're better, then the community's better. So that's obviously, um, you know, in a sense, what we're here from. For anybody out there listening, go to mentaldialogue.com, and you will hear more why we do what we do, but ultimately it is to deal with the psychological trauma that is part of our collective experience. So that's, in a sense, why we exist. Um, but with that said, Justin, I think uh, perfect time for you to kind of jump in at why the youth are so important to you with your flight academy because that is the reason that you want to jump in. I've watched you teach adults, and it is about the mindset. Like, that's where you're starting. So, yeah, they're coming for the financial literacy piece that you're going to give them. But I know that it's not just numbers that you're teaching because I've seen you talk about it. I've seen you speak about it. So I think it's the perfect time just to interject um, your perspective, even as a tax accountant who, you know, maybe outside looking in, people could think, oh, this person knows numbers well. 
but that's never the work that you feel like you're doing um, when I watch you. Go ahead, King. Well, I, I appreciate that. I, I, honestly, the, because the youth are our future, you know, we, we, we heard the song back from uh, Hold on one second, brother. One second. Amber, hold on one second, brother. Amber, do you hear him clearly? We might have to have you call back in. I don't know if it's me or the. No, it's just a whole, it's a lot of wind. It's a lot of feedback from somebody. Okay. I don't know. Okay. We're having a little trouble hearing you, Justin. I want to make sure we get this information very clearly. Um, are you? Do you have something in the background, or maybe we need to call back in? I just want to make sure it's heard very clear. Um, well, I'm, I feel I'm clear on my end. Yeah, yeah, you're clear. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead and finish. It's, yeah, it's much better now. So go ahead and start where you're at, King. Go ahead. Okay. All right. Well, as I was saying, the youth are our future, right, the young people. You know, Whitney Houston, uh, God rest her soul. She actually made a song that the children are our future, right? So when we look at where we're going as a society and we're trying to we're trying to continue to gain it's I guess I don't want to use the word power, but we don't wanna feel as if we are still indoctrinated to have to answer to people. That's where a lot of the entrepreneurship motivation comes from. We want to be the one in, in charge, right? So when we're teaching young people what comes along with that, the financial literacy aspect is just one part. Yes, you're learning to be free. You're learning how not to be a prisoner of money, how not to have to work for a check. You know, we see the crime rates going up and you know, in certain cities where people are killing someone over over a hundred dollars, over a thousand dollars, when you got something that's working for you, and it's bringing that into you, um, whether you get out of the bed or not, you know, you are you have a totally a total a totally different outlook on life as we know it. So we want to continue to push this, continue to educate people on what it takes. To, to get out here and become successful business owners, you know, whether you're you're 10 years old or whether you're 80 years old, you know, you can still, you can do anything you put your mind to and you have the right resources around you. But, you know, it's all, it's all a matter of us wanting to, wanting to do something and changing the mindset, you know, stop looking for somebody to give us something. And then we, and we, we begin to educate ourselves on how we can, Come together collectively and make it happen. Uh, makes sense. Now we're up against the break. When we come out of the break, uh, we'll continue this one discussion question: How to properly structure your business for long-term success? Got a lot of callers out there. I hope you're listening. You have to press one if you want to get in on this discussion. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you. Where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes. And I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit. And what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Oh, how about this one? Excuses made $0 an hour. I like those. 
What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with co-host Amber Page. This morning's discussion question, how to properly structure your business for long-term success. Special guests are Terry Simmons, CEO of T. Simmons Company, as well as Justin Hempstead, a well-known tax account here in, in, in out of the Atlanta area, if you will. Uh, Terry, again, you know, obviously this show is for those entrepreneurs out there. We still got other callers on the line. Again, you have to press one if you are a first-time listener if you want to get in on this discussion. Uh, but Terry, I don't know if you recall, maybe a couple of weeks back, I ended up posting, I know we follow each other on social media, the idea of it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be an entrepreneur to, in a sense, generate generational wealth, if you will. That was something that you appreciated because – you know, you're always talking about, in a sense, the influencers and the things that they're pushing, and and everybody's kind of pushing entrepreneurship in a way that I don't I don't think you 100% appreciate because it leaves out all the nuts and bolts that you're constantly talking about, and it isn't the only way to entrepreneurship. I bring that up uh, because I want to relate this to this this discussion in this manner. It, it, I think that the things that you would like to see people understand in reference to in reference to, for example. Um, generating generational wealth, if you will. I, I, I do believe that the way I see you and when I follow you, that you feel like if people understood the other ways to do that and in the event that they come into business, they would have a better foundation. I hope I'm making sense with that, but I just want to hear you know your thoughts, even, again, for the entrepreneurs who are listening and maybe even the non-entrepreneurs who are thinking about coming into entrepreneurship. Uh, any thoughts on, on, on that, if that makes sense, King? Uh, absolutely. I, I, I think in a sense, your question answered the question, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. Uh, I think right now we're going through a period of what I call overcorrection, right? So, uh, for the better part of, you know, let's just say six or seven decades, um, since the African-American community has, uh, gotten some civil liberties and some upward mobility in society, uh, access to education, uh, access to corporate America, and so forth. Uh, we heard for 60 years that, you know, you get a good education and you get a good job, right? And there was nothing wrong with that, and there's still absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, I hate the meme that I see floating around on social media that essentially says, why work, you know, 40 hours for someone else when you can work 80 hours for yourself? And mind you, I'm saying that, and my entire organization is based around the concept of entrepreneurship, right? So if anyone should be vested in, in pushing it, it's me, and which I am an advocate for business ownership. But I also understand that entrepreneurship is a skill set. So just like I wouldn't tell a young person that uh, doesn't have uh, aptitude in math or aptitude in science or or that's not mechanically inclined, I wouldn't tell that young person to go into a STEM occupation because they're not going to excel at it or they're not going to, you know, uh, particularly enjoy it. Uh, If someone doesn't have the ability to identify trends, to manage people, to manage financial resources, to 
uh, manage their time, uh, to put together uh, strategies and plans. Uh, you know, we don't talk about those things when we talk about entrepreneurship. Uh, in our community, we frame entrepreneurship as I can bake really well, so I'm going to leverage my gift and sell my gift to the marketplace. And that is one one hundredth of what an entrepreneur actually has to do in order to be effective. And so, you know, to your question, I do believe that we have to responsibly advocate for entrepreneurship. And that's what I try to do. I try to say if you either have or are willing to uh, acquire the type of uh, business acumen, um, education, and abilities to manage all of these dynamics that I just spoke to, then great, go into entrepreneurship. But what we hear from influencers is if you want to own your own time, become an entrepreneur. Well, that's going to be the first thing from the truth for the first X number of years while you're, while you're building this capacity. You're going to have less time than you had when you had a job. You, you may even have less money, you know, for all of the reasons that we spoke to on this call. And so I just think a lot of times, if you want me to just be brutally honest, Montoya, the people that were following on, on social media, they are celebrities that are leveraging their celebrity to sell products and services. That is a dramatically different business model than someone that is essentially obscure and that is going to have to create a demand for what it is that they, that they, they know or sell or, or you know, whatever service that they offer. So if this social media, uh, social media influencer has 800,000 followers, let's just say because she's beautiful and she's charismatic on camera and people follow her just because they like consuming her life. She's got an interesting life. And then she decides that she's going to launch a clothing line or a fragrance or a skincare line. That is a dramatically different business model than someone that has to generate the demand for what it is that they, they do. That someone that has to create the credibility, uh, build the relationships with an audience. It's a dramatically different business model. So we're trying to, you know, copy people who don't have to build businesses the same way that we build businesses. You know, they can build businesses from front to back. We got to build businesses from back to front. So it's a, it's a dramatically different approach. And so, you know, I, I think that that's, um, I don't know, it's a, it's, a, it's a trend in our community that, you know, the overcorrection of having jobs for, you know, 60 and 70 years, uh, and now everyone's saying, you know, I want to jump off the porch and be an entrepreneur. It, well, now we're overextending ourselves in the other direction. Because, like, at the end of the day, I tell people this all the time. Uh, people who follow me online, they'll say, man, how do you do it all? And my answer is always, I don't. I have a team of people around me. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I can't build websites, right? My, my team builds websites. My team develops logos. My team does video editing. We even have an accounting arm of the business. I have never prepared a tax return. I know nothing about accounting outside of the power of uh, the information that an accounting system can gener generate, right? But I have a partner that is, you know, an accounting guru and you know, that, that business has been in existence for 17 years. I know, relatively speaking, I know more about accounting than probably most of um, the general population, but I'm saying relative to what I would need to know to really help someone that builds an accounting system, I know nothing about it. And so I've got lots of people around me to make up for my deficiencies and, and, and to, you know, where, where we can leverage their, their strengths and actually offer good services to, to the community. But ultimately my point is that we're just – we're making entrepreneurship decisions on the wrong information, and we're going about building it the wrong way. The truth is, yes, everyone should have ownership. Everyone should have equity. 
that ownership can be real estate, and you can keep your job as an LPA. That ownership might be in a business that you have no operational role in. You just put up ten grand because you got a big tax return and you believe in the, the concept, and you put in some money. Maybe you refer people to the business, but you know you're gonna you're gonna make money off of the profits of the business. You know, or maybe it's you just investing in traditional financial vehicles like a 401k, IRA, mutual funds, uh, annuities. Uh, you know, in, uh, uh, insurance policies that have cash value. That there's more than one way for us to become wealthy, and I think you know we're kind of we're, we're we're succumbing to a trend that is only sexy to become wealthy independently as an entrepreneur. And I would simply say, look, I sponsor basketball teams in the summer. We have tryouts for those teams. You could see early on which kids have the capacity to be good at the game and which ones do not. And I'm saying entrepreneurship is the same way. You got to have a foundation that'll lead you to success, you know, in that space. And just because you can do a thing well, that doesn't mean that you're going to be good at owning a company that does a thing. You know, you can be a, an amazing uh, phlebotomist or an amazing, uh, you know, uh, a chef or an amazing real estate agent. That doesn't mean that you're going to be great at owning a real estate agency. And so we have to make sure that we're separating the two and understanding what being an entrepreneur actually means. And then if you don't have those skills, that's fine. But at least have the, the, the baseline that you would need in order to acquire the skills. Uh, and that starts with just even knowing that you need to and then having the desire to do so. But I think what happens a lot of times with us is that that sounds way too complicated, what Terry's saying. You know, why can't I just be like, you know, this influencer that I follow? And all she did was post skit videos for two years. And then she launched a, a brand. And now she's posting her PayPal and uh, Shopify numbers on social media, and I want to be like that person. And I don't mean to sound, you know, um, abrasive when I say this, but you're not her. <laughs> That's the problem. But she had, There's yeah, only exactly. one her. No, exactly. No, exactly. Well, well, and this is the show where we had to say that, right? Because I can't tell you um, how many times I've walked into, because, again, as you said, this is the new sexy thing, if you will. Uh, where I've walked into panels or conferences and I've listened to people on the panel say to the whole group, everybody should have a business. And I'm, I'm I want to walk out like in the, the moment I hear it, I, I literally want to walk out because I realize this is going to be a whole moment of misinformation that's skipping over everything that you, that you just talked about. Never puts the numbers in context, you know. You know, I'm a numbers guy as well as far as just, you know, kind of in a sense knowing what's going on from the trends. I, I, I you know, I bring you and Dustin on because I, I can't teach anybody those things. You know, kind of as you say, it's not my area or whatever. But just as far as being a, in a sense, uh, having a platform where you know, just trying to bring the correct information. And you know, I've, I've, I've even shared this, and people still push back. Like for example, there's 11 percent of the country in the United States, the, the number one capitalistic, you know, c country in the world as far as system goes, right? We're the lead dog in that. And only 11% are full-time entrepreneurs, 16% are, are do it part-time. The rest of everybody else is not doing that, but it does not mean 
that the other 84%. This is good advice, as you said. You can own something, but don't confuse that with, how, with, with meaning you have to have a business. Because owning something is something we should do, that we have to do, that we must do. Uh, and, and that's the thought process, using these vehicles uh, that, that Justin, again, who teaches youth entrepreneurship, but also constantly teaches about how to invest your money to get a return. And, and eventually, maybe your passive income equals your expensive expenses so at that point, moment you are independently financially free but you're not necessarily running a business and that gets confused all the time um amber if you will give me some thoughts here uh real quick before we go to this last break amber did i lose you? i just wanted to say um that no i'm here can you hear me Hello. Yeah, yeah, you're coming through now. You're coming through now. Oh, okay. So I was just saying, I was just saying that what resonated with me uh, with what Terry just expressed is that partnership is key. You know, you may have the best technique with making widgets, or I'm gonna always go to cupcakes because that's my thing. Um. That may be your thing, so that's your role. But you need to reach out to those other people in your life or make connections with other people who have strengths in those areas that you're going to need to have a successful business. Um, You know, bookkeeping, procedures, um, marketing, those kinds of things. Um, It's essential to have those partnerships if you're going to go into business and you're not, you know, business savvy, you just know how to bake or you know how to, you know, build the best widget or whatever the case may be. So um, that that's just my three cents on, on what Terry mentioned. Again, on this morning's discussion, we'll be right back. But all I ask is that you think. LNG Technology Services, we are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478-781-781. 4860. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478-781-4860. LNG Technology is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group, focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. If you have a product or a service you would like to get out to the smartest audience in all of radio, please give me a call again. My number is 404 
604-947-6049477, or feel free to reach us on social media. The Facebook page is at Mental Dialogue. The ID page is Mental underscore Dialogue. If you like the information that you're hearing, make sure you are sharing it with others. If you're catching it live, good for you, but make sure that you are sharing this show on all podcast platforms, Blog Talk Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Just look up Mental Dialogue and make sure you are sharing episodes like this. Uh, when I used to do the, the live experience, which obviously we peeled back on that with COVID, so everything's via Zoom now, but at the live experience, I used to basically say, um, this information that you're receiving in these dialogues in the coffee shop, Urban Grind, shot them out, black-owned coffee shop here in the Midtown area of Atlanta. But I would tell people, I said, the only way that the work we're doing in this room benefits our community is if y'all go outside this room and have these discussions at your dinner tables. And so I'll challenge anyone out there listening. This this, this show is it's a classic in the middle of it. I'll say that. And the information that and the thoughts that are being discussed, again, hope people are getting seeds that they can take and use in their own lives. Make sure you are sharing this show. And if you believe this type of radio, the return of intelligent radio should be on the air. We do need your support. So we do say, hey, don't just sit back and enjoy it. If we're gone one day, it will be because we didn't get enough support. So for me to throw that out there, please, even if you don't have a business that needs to advertise, become a supporter at mentaldialogue.com. So I definitely appreciate that support. But to get back to this morning's discussion, how to properly structure your business for long-term success, again, special guest, Terry Simmons, as well as tax accountant, um, Justin Hempstead. Um, Justin, um, again, for the callers, press one. Um, but, Justin, I want to kind of just return to you again as an accountant um, for anybody there, you know, maybe missed some of the first hour when we were talking about the different entities and things of that nature. Um, again, I know you've kind of, again, you help the youth. That's something that you're very passionate about. But, again, as a tax accountant, um, if you can even just kind of maybe throw out because um, I, I just think people learn very well from examples. But if you could just throw out uh, just maybe a, a, a proud mom, moment in seeing an entrepreneur make the transition um, that, in a sense, so many of us lack. Matter of fact, before you go, I want to let me push back on a, a couple things I heard earlier in the show. And I just want to throw this out here because, again, now we're getting into the psychology of, in a sense, collectively where we might need to be thinking to go and follow suit with all this good information. So let me put this out there. Matter of fact, scrap that question, Justin, because I want to put this out here real quick. I, I will challenge some of the thoughts, and I'm actually, Terry, I'm going to go to you with this. I do want to challenge some of the thoughts that there's this idea of us not being supportive of one another, um, that we put more money in other groups than our own. And the reality is that it's a lot of what we're talking about today when it comes to our businesses that we have to do. And as soon as we do it, we see major success. I love to highlight, for example, Slutty Vegan. I've stood in a line for four hours to, to get a burger. Um, not something I do on a regular basis, but I was in support of a particular day or whatever. But it ain't the only time that people stand in line for a burger. It's a burger. So what is that lady doing right? in order to show that support or I highlighted when we did the show about the um, buying black manifesto. I, I challenge us to keep, stop saying that we don't support each other. However, if we do a lot of what we heard today and get those things in, in order, we can build brand trust 
And I know for a fact that we are quick to support one another when somebody has done those things right. Terry, would you agree versus just a blanket statement that we're not out here supporting one another? It's a lot of things that need to be done, and you easily get that support, in my opinion. Your thoughts on that, King? Yeah, I, I would I would largely uh, agree with that. Um, you know, if <laughs> if there's no uh, black-owned pharmacy in a two- to five-square-mile radius of your home, you're probably going to get your prescription filled at Walgreens. You know, I mean, it's just it's just the way it works, right? So, um, and and we tend to be very concentrated in a handful of industries uh, because a uh, those industries interest us, and b the barriers to entry in those industries are minimal, right? So, for example, it doesn't co- you, you know you don't have to spend a half a million dollars to open uh, a salon, right? Uh, you don't need um, a quarter of a million dollars in uh, a line of credit to start a personal care service. Um, you know, you don't need a hundred thousand dollars to start a food truck, right? So, so we're going to be concentrated in spaces where we can leverage either our credentials or our natural gifts, and then secondly, it's going to be spaces that have uh, minimal barriers to entry because we may not have the the, uh, the financial capital go into these, you know, other industries, as well as relationships and political capital and things of that nature. So, for example, uh, the brother that called earlier, I can't remember his name, uh, really sharp brother, uh, he called in on one of the previous shows that I was a guest on, and I believe he's an engineer by trade. Uh, and I, I, uh, brother I remember Piyanti. correctly. Yeah, brother Piyanti. You're talking about brother yeah, Piyanti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you were, yeah, yeah so that's I, exactly what you're talking about. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So I remember him, uh, if I'm not mistaken, saying that, you know, you know, his company has been involved with, you know, building, uh, you know, electrical plants and, uh, and and things of that nature. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, yeah, yeah, they'll rank, they'll you, rank builders. You, uh-huh. Yeah. So, but, you know, but if you think about the, uh, again, the financial resources, the insurance, the bonding, the relationships, the human capital capacity, you know, what he was doing is remarkable. The problem is that there are not many of, uh, you know, the businesses in our communities that have established that capacity. So to your point, a lot of times the reason why we're not supporting one another is because the spaces where we spend most of our money, we aren't represented, right? So, you know, if, if, if I want to go and buy the new, the new Jays and there's no black-owned sneaker boutique in my community, I'm going to full lock. You know what I mean? And, and, and I'm not going to think twice about it. So, so we we would have to be a little bit, um, we would have to be almost overly deliberate, um, you know, to, for that not to be the case. Now, here's the issue that I do have, and 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 this is where the community can meet entrepreneurs halfway, is that let's say let's say all things being equal, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be selfish with this scenario, and I'm gonna I'm gonna use my company as an example. Please do. Okay? Glad for you to do. Um, I've got a, a, a really nice corporate headquarters in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, when you walk into my office, you, you should be able to detect immediately that we're serious about what we're doing. Everything from the decor to the service model to, you know, just, just everything about it, right? The, the, the bottled water that we serve is all a reflection of, you know, the, the quality uh, and, the, and the, you know, the results that we deliver, right? Well, here's, here's, here's where the issue comes in is that if you go to a comparable mainstream firm and, you know, the, and the, 
the, the street that I'm located on, you could probably walk from one end of that street to the other, and you might you might have five African American owned businesses, right? It's a it's in a overwhelmingly predominantly white area. But the point that I'm trying to make is that there are potential clients that walk up to my door and they know the value of what we do because they've already gone to other firms that offer comparable services. So they know that, you know, this will be 50 grand or five grand or whatever the number may be, you know, at another firm. But because of the spirit of familiarity, you know, when we see someone that looks like us on the other side of his desk, all of a sudden everything becomes negotiable at that point. And, that's where I think the community can, can improve is that just because you're eating at a black-owned restaurant or because you're going to a black-owned firm or because you are buying a car from uh, a black-owned car lot doesn't mean that you shouldn't pay fair market value for that product or service. And a lot of times what happens is that we have to unintentionally devalue our product in order to gain market share with our people because there is a mentality sometimes that, well, if I have to pay Montoya the same thing that I would pay, um, you know, a, a, another company, then I may as well go over here to this other company. And uh, and that, that, now, let me that jump, dynamic, now let me jump in right there. That's, now that's hitting head on the nail right there um, because and I'm glad you brought it to the table. Uh, we talked about that, Amber, you know, we talked about just a, what, a couple, couple shows ago, right, Amber, where we talked about uh, the show where we did the Buying Black Manifesto and one of the main points just to hit – and just to kind of reiterate on that, was uh, number the number two point of the um, manifesto is to stop asking for the hookup. So, uh, so, so whereas as you and I both agree, things done right, marketed right, um, businesses done right to a certain extent, we will support one another. However, that face to face, as you said, when it comes time to do business, it is time for us to collectively stop looking for a hookup, especially for our new business owners who it is on the average three years before they turn a profit. So stop making the assumption, no matter how they're living, that the, that, that everything's good. If we are going to support, if it is convenient, like, like Terry said, if it's not, you know, 10 miles away or 20 miles away just to be able to get that particular thing, then don't go in there looking to negotiate. We, we are hurting our collective opportunity to gain footing in a country where we know we started behind. So stopping asking and for the Montoya, hookup is one of the main points. Go ahead, brother, please. Montoya, can I, can I, add, can I add to what you're saying and, and make, it, um, yeah, please make it tangible to the listeners, right? So just on average across all industries, right, it doesn't matter if it's the food and beverage industry or if someone owns a car wash or if they own a, 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 a hospice, it doesn't matter, right? On average – the gross margin that a business brings in is going to be about 30%, right? Now, that margin may even be lower if it's a boutique business because they're not getting their raw material at the same rate that the larger company is getting it, right? So it doesn't matter if it's, you know, if it's their paint, if it's the clothes, if it's, you know, whatever it is, their, their equipment, they're, get, they're probably paying more for it because they're not buying as much of it, right? So when you walk to so for example, I mean, let me do again, this, Terry, because we're, we're at the end, we're at the end. I'm going to say this real quick because I know this is your point. So a discount and a hookup, if whether it's 15%, you may have cut half of their profit when you realize that the margin was only 30%. Uh, I know that's your point. Or, we just only got a minute and a half, and I want to make or, sure people or, know or how to get in contact be, with you be, and Justin. Go ahead, brother. Or they may be paying you to do business with them at the end of the day. That's real. No, that's real. 
But if you will, go ahead and let people know how they can stay in contact with you. And I want Justin to do that as well. We got about a minute, so make it quick, if you will. Uh, yeah, they, they can go to terrysimmons.com, real easy uh, web address. Um, our office number is 225-960-4022, and we also have a two-way text line uh, where we can answer any business questions or customer service questions. It's 225 uh, excuse me, 225-277-9228. All right, text that to me, and I'll send it out with the replay. Justin, how can people stay in contact with you? Thank you for your time, King. Definitely. Um, you all can stay in touch with me through my go, – go to my website. Go to flightacademy.squarespace.com. Um, if it asks for a password, just put in my name, Justin Hempstead, all one word. I absolutely check you that as well. Uh, thank you, um, Amber, for being on with me this morning, Queen. Also got Justin Dove for our black level and platinum level. Black Level and Platinum Level memberships. We're going to teach some of these entrepreneurs how to retire tax-free. Looking forward to doing that in a couple weeks. Terry, I hope you can come on for that one as well. Thank y'all. hope y'all enjoyed this one. Please share this show. See y'all next Saturday. All I ask is that you think.